1 Corinthians 12, and starting at verse 12. When you get to it, you'll probably think, I've seen this before recently. But, uh, so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made of, up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as, as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that all its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Amen. I read through this passage a few weeks ago now, prior to when Simon spoke on it, and uh, 
I felt it was something that I needed to share the next time I was speaking, which was due to be the end of November, but has been brought forward because of circumstances. Um, and it was something I felt God was saying that he needed, he wanted to say. And when Simon preached on it, I thought, oh, I've got to find something else now. Um, but I spoke to Simon and he said, maybe if God's, if God's making you feel that you ought to bring it, then bring it again. Maybe God wants to teach us something and he wants to reinforce that teaching. So that's why I'm bringing this passage again this morning. And when I read it, verse 12 I noticed said, the body is a unit. And the word unit interested me. What is a unit? And one de dictionary definition says, a unit is an individual thing or an individual person that is regarded as single and complete. But that individual thing or individual person can also form a component of a larger or more complex whole. As part of the body of Christ, we are individually single and complete, but we also form part of the larger component, the church. And the definition of a component is one part of a whole thing. So an example of a component could be uh, an ingredient in a recipe, or a part in a car engine. So a component is something that helps the whole thing work together. So how do we live and work together in unity? The word for today notes had a couple of useful suggestions. They said, offer praise for other members' strengths and offer help in areas of weakness. I noticed in verse 25 in the passage that we read, it said, its parts should have equal concern for each other. One of the other things it said was, be conscientious and dependable and stay focused on the bigger goal. If we all work together as Christ's body, then there'd be no stopping us. As the passage in Corinthians says, we can't all be the same, as that would mean the body wouldn't work. We can't all have the same gifts, because again, that would mean the body wouldn't work to its full potential. Can you imagine what a body would look like if it were just an eye, or just an ear, or just a nose? But that's how we are sometimes as we are in the body of Christ. Sometimes we behave or we think or we say, I'm not like so-and-so. I was saying to Dave this morning, there's a worship leader that uh, we have, comes to the girls' brigade meetings, plays brilliantly on the guitar, and I sit and look at him and think, I can't do that. Why can't I do that? You know, um, But I'm not Luke, and I'm not Dave, I'm not Sam. We sometimes say, I can't do what they can do, or I couldn't stand out the front, or I can't play a musical instrument. Or we go on with, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do the other. 
I remember Dave Shields sharing once about um, his first wife, Chris, who most of you know, I think, had motor neuron disease. And so she lost uh, use of virtually every part of her body. For those of you who don't know, motor neuron uh, disease um, interrupts the messages that the motor neurons send around your body for things to work. So it means the muscles weaken or stiffen or they waste away. So it affects your walking, your talking, your eating and drinking and even your breathing. So with motor neurone disease, even though your brain's telling different parts of your body to do various things, it doesn't happen. The messages don't get through. And Dave shared that someone came to visit him and Chris at one point and this person didn't say to Chris, what can't you do? He said, what can you do? The only part at that point I understand that Chris could move was her toes. So he arranged to get a typewriter adapted so that Chris could type with her toes. And she ended up typing minutes for meetings and all sorts of other things which helped the church that they belonged to, to function. She became part of that body still, even though she was only just using her toes. So what can you do? Think about it. What gifts has God given you? Are you good at cooking? Are you good at needlework? Are you good at gardening? Or carpentry? Or technology? Would you be able to offer lifts to people? To church maybe? Hospital appointments? Do you have a listening ear? Are you hospitable? Can you make a cup of tea and coffee? I know some people can't, but can you? Do you have administrative skills? Somebody once said, what are you passionate about? What interests you? What makes you weep or annoys you? This that passion that you have can sometimes lead to us being people that can help others with the passion that we've got. I know one thing that annoys me is seeing all the litter about and I've discovered that there's a group called Litter Busters or Litter Watch that you can join and help clear up your area. So I'm looking into that at the moment because that's what I'm passionate about and that can help our area maybe get other people joining in. So it can be things that are right on our doorstep, either here in Marsh Lane or in the neighbourhood where we live, the street where we live, or, or the place where we work. What has God given you that could bring his light and his love into those situations, to those that don't know him? A bit like Michelle was sharing this morning about getting people to be part of that um, winter wonderland, I think it's called, isn't it? And uh, showing them love and concern and letting them see what we're like. So I wonder this morning if we could just break up into small groups, maybe three or maximum four, and just have a chat with people. Talk about what you can do, 
what gifts you feel you've got, what you like doing, what your passion is about, and then chat about how that might be something that could be used within this part of the body. So I wonder if we could do that for a few minutes and just break up into little groups and have a chat. I wonder if we could bring our chatter to a close and maybe pray with each other in your groups. Pray for um, that your gifts or your desires or your passions or whatever would be brought to the fore and be used by God. And pray, let's pray for those who perhaps at the moment can't see what their gift is, that God would show that to them. If we could bring our prayer time to a close now. Thank you. Thank you. I hope some of you felt that useful uh, to think about and to pray about and maybe to continue to pray into. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, thinking, going back to thinking about us being part of the body. Um, one meeting I was at recently, the lady was comparing the church and the body of Christ to a dry stone wall. Seemed a bit odd, but she lived in the Lake District, so she was used to seeing them when she was out and about. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but dry stone walls don't have any cement to keep them together. They're just all, the rocks are placed in various ways that hold them together. And she said that she'd noticed when she was out and about that the walls are actually made up of big rocks and very small stones. But the small stones were just as important as the big rocks. The small stones actually help the wall to stay together. And if the small stones were taken out, then the wall would actually collapse. So whether we think we have a big role or a small role, we're all important in this body of Christ. We all form a vital part of the structure, the whole structure. So don't demean what you think your gift is that God's given you. If you think that's a small gift, use it for his glory. Simon's mentioned in the past that um, when the Bible was first, or the words of God were first brought out, they didn't put verses and chapters, and so it was all sort of one uh, reading. And I noticed that... Um, after Paul talks about desiring the greater gifts, it then goes into 1 Corinthians 13, which talks about having these gifts, but unless we have love with these gifts, then they're worth nothing. And actually, his sermon or his whatever he was, when he was writing a letter, I think, to the Corinthians, wasn't he, continues into chapter 14. So maybe you'd like to have a read of 12, 13 and 14 of 1 Corinthians and just see how all that fits together at some point. Maybe this afternoon, if you've got a free afternoon. But so, so that love that binds us, the love comes because we're in the relationship with God. And as Eddie shared this morning, have we lost our first love? Do we still love Jesus as much as we used to? As it, the flame died a little. In John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. I'd always looked at that verse and thought, that means the love between us in the family of God, the love in the body of Christ. But recently I've thought, it's also the love to those outside the church, to our neighbours, our friends, our family, our work colleagues, those in this street, those that we get in contact with through Hope Kids, Hope Youth, Hope Toddlers. It's showing the love to them as well that could lead them to know about Christ and to become followers of him as well. So are we using the gifts God, God has given us for the benefit of each other and for the world around us? Do we love Jesus enough to want to serve him and others around us? I read this story, uh, which I just wanted to share, and it also had some comments at the end of it. Luigi Terricio, not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, was born in Italy in 1796. He was a collector of violins and he took great pride in scouting out rare finds and purchasing only instruments of the finest quality. No one really knew about Terricio's passion, however, until after he died. It was while his estate was being sorted out that some 246 valuable violins were discovered in his attic. One of the most expensive, hidden in the drawer of an old dresser, was a Stradivarius that he'd purchased from someone who also bought it solely as a collector's item. Commenting on the matter, Dr. W.Y. Fullerton, the gifted Baptist preacher, noted that in preserving the instrument, Terricio had robbed the world of all that music, and others before him had done the same. In fact, by the time the great Stradivarius in his collection was finally played, 147 years had elapsed. One psychologist said, don't die with your music still inside you. Don't get to the end of your life and say, what if my whole life has been wrong? God gave us gifts and he expects us to use them. If we wait until we can do it perfectly, we'll never do it at all. Jesus said, you are the world's seasoning to make it tolerable. If you lose your flavour, what will happen to the world? And you yourselves will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. That's from Matthew chapter 5 and verses 13 and 14. Understand this, God will hold us accountable for discovering our talents, developing them to the fullest and using them to glorify him and to bless others. 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 says, Do not neglect the gift you have. I'm reminded, particularly at this time of year, of 
the poster that first appeared uh, at the time of World War I. And it's a picture of Kitchener pointing. And he says, your country needs you. Well, your church needs you. Your neighbourhood needs you. Your family needs you. And I realise that when I'm pointing out there, I've got three fingers pointing back at me. So the same applies to me as to all of us. Are we ready to join in the work of God in this place? Ultimately to bring him glory, but also for us to realise and to achieve our full potential in Christ. Amen. I just wanted to close by um, playing, if it will work, hopefully, because I know sometimes videos don't. Um, the Blessing, which was a song that came out, I think, during lockdown. It was played a lot online. Um, and either just close your eyes and accept the blessing, or if you can see the words, but I think it's a bit small, um, you could sing along with, with it as well, or if you know the words already. So it's on the... Uh, laptop if you could unmute that Ken thank you amen that means so be it so I trust we'll have a, a great rest of the day and a blessed week until we meet again <laughs>